Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. April has been a busy month for Atlas, at least for Persona 5. I don't really know what else they're doing. First, they got Joker into Smash Brothers. Now they're revealing two new games. We've got Persona 5 Royal and Persona 5 Scramble the Phantom Strikers. There's a lot to unpack with these games, mainly on the Royal side of things, so I'll talk about both of them and save Royal for last. Before the reveal of Persona 5 Scramble, the name Persona 5S has been floating around the internet, and people took that to be short for Persona 5 Switch, which, as the title would imply, would be a Switch port of Persona 5. Yeah. This isn't a hard conclusion to reach, since the Switch has been getting ports left, right, and center since its debut. The first reveal of the Switch even showed that Mario Kart 8 port, so there's definitely a precedent for other games reappearing on the Switch. And then, of course, Joker's inclusion in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Those are the big factors. Another thing is that Nintendo and Atlas have a history of playing nice with each other, I remember they made that game, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which merged Fire Emblem identities with Shin Megami Tensei, which is the parent series to Persona. In spite of all this, though, there was no Persona 5 port. There was only Persona 5 Scramble. My first thought about Persona 5 Scramble is that it might be the silliest game for a Persona spinoff. Except for Persona Q or the Japanese titles of Dancing in Moonlight and Dancing in Starlight being Dancing Moon Knight and Dancing Star Knight, or the Japanese title of Persona 4 Arena Ultimax being Persona 4, the Ultimax Ultra Suplex Old. Okay, you know what? I was wrong. This series has a lot of weird names. Either way, Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers, still probably takes the award for being the most fun to say out of all these titles. Very little is otherwise known about this game. It is yet another marriage between the Dynasty Warriors series and a licensed property. Hyrule Warriors, Pirate Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors, you've got it. Just picture the Phantom Thieves doing all that stuff this time instead, and you've got the idea. The only real footage we have is Joker and his starting persona, Arsene, as they cut through a mob, as you do in a Warriors game. But in that brief period, I can already see that they're going to keep a lot of the Persona 5 flair. Joker has to rely on Arsene for the bigger attacks, and the shadows still have elemental weaknesses to be exploited. I'm not really surprised by all that. Koei Tecmo have been pretty good at throwing in mechanics and details that would pay homage to the series they're borrowing. There's also a remix of Blooming Villain, which doesn't really work for me just yet. That's one of my most favorite VGMs in recent memory, though, so it's a tough act to follow. There's also footage of some new character, but it's hard to say anything about that since all we get is a close-up of their face and them blinking rapidly. There's always new characters in these warrior games, and honestly, they're less interesting than the established characters for me. I don't really care about Lana and Sia or whatever. I just want to play as Link or Ganon or Darunia or Tingle or Zelda. 
I don't care about these random twins and Fire Emblem Warriors. Just let me play as Ryoma and just kill everything as a Thunder Samurai. Apart from not being a Switch port of Persona 5, the games met some consternation because the Musou genre doesn't really suit a phantom thieving adventure all that well. And that's a fair point. Persona 5, on top of mixing social sim and RPG elements, threw in light, stealth genre elements. So the Phantom Thieves' actions had to be very deliberate. They couldn't afford to get into big brawls all the time. I'm not really bothered by this, though, because I liked Hyrule Warriors, and I still want to play Fire Emblem Warriors, so Persona 5 Warriors is fine by me. Maybe we can retroactively call them Hyrule Scramble and Fire Emblem Scramble. What I'm most concerned about with this whole thing is the storyline. One problem I had with all the Persona spin-offs is that they felt the need to include every game into a greater chronology. They all had to be canon. This made the investigation team's lives way more clogged up than their base vanilla game already did. On top of everything that happens in Persona 4, now they also have to deal with alternate times, missing pop idols, runaway robots from Persona 3, and weird psychotic swordsmen. Ouch! That's not even getting into all the bloat that Marie caused in the Persona 4 remake. It wasn't until Dancing in Starlight and Dancing in Moonlight when Atlas finally got away from that mindset, just made the game's one-offs without a big story mode. Yeah, there's a prompt at the beginning of those games, but we're not expected to take the dancing games as a part of Seas or the Phantom Thieves' adventures. With that in mind, I'm hoping Persona 5 Scramble takes a new approach just like that one. Of course, there's still Persona Q2, which does try to fit everything into canon, so who really knows? Being a Musou, there's going to be a plethora of playable characters, including villains. It's a no-brainer to say that all the Phantom Thieves will be playable, including Akechi. I suspect that the Velvet Twins will be playable, too. Whether or not Lavenza is playable, or if she's even distinct from the Twins, remains to be seen. I would not be surprised if they made Kasumi from Royal into a playable character. She'll be DLC if she's not in the base game. Futaba is the Thieves' Navigator, and as a result, she's not really one for combat, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with her. But if Rize could get into fights in Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, I'm sure Futaba can throw down here. After that, I'm not really sure what they'd do with the roster. We'll get an original character, possibly even that blinky person. I'm really hoping we get to play as the various palace owners taking control of Kaneshiro and smushing monsters with a giant piggy robot. That's... That's too good to pass up. Except then we'd risk Kamoshida being playable, and no one wants to see that. Unless they made him his superhero form from Persona Q2. Oh, on that subject, I know the Thieves befriend an original character in that game. I wonder if maybe they would put her in this game for some reason. I'm not sure if we'll see characters from 3 or 4. My guess is that we won't see any in the base game. Either they'd be DLC... Or they'll just milk the cow even more and make Persona 4 scramble and Persona 3 scramble. I wonder if they're that shameless. And I actually had a lot more to say about Persona 5 scramble than I thought. This game is set to be released on PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch, so it is technically a Persona 5 on Switch. Very, very technically.
Uh, I know it's not the game people wanted, but I still think I'm going to keep an eye on it. It still looks interesting for me, at least. And now for the main course, Persona 5 Royal. It's a remake with more stuff. Most of us knew this was coming sooner or later. I thought they'd wait a little longer, but nope, here we are. Late this year and sometime next year, expect Persona 5 Royal exclusively for PlayStation 4, so that probably makes the scramble situation even worse for the Nintendo loyalists. To tell you the truth, I'm not sure what I think of this remake just yet. It's hard for me to outright say no to more Persona content, especially since 5 is my favorite of the popular Persona games. At the same time, though, I respected that Persona 5 went about itself the way it did, even if it didn't leave any room for bonus content or anything like that. So to add anything means we're going to need a few retcons here and there, which is a very delicate procedure, because not only does that risk angering people who loved the original, but as I said, the original didn't leave very much, if any, room for bonus content. I was listening to a Fither video discussing this whole thing. They posed a question that I agreed with about determining how much of this game could be what Atlas originally intended versus how much of it is just indulgence to justify making a new game and making more money. I suspect that until we get official commentary, the answer will be shaped by how much a person is on board with this remake. One thing about the original game that I occasionally hear about is the localization, which, upon further inspection, really could have used another revision. Unless you're really into translation and localization and the nitty-gritty of that, it's not really something you'd pick up on a casual playthrough, except for maybe an odd line here or there. But generally, the localization was a lot more lax than it should have been. A lot of dialogue is structured oddly. A few assumptions are made by characters. At least at one point, they make up a word. Though, that word was made up by Yusuke, and he's kind of a weirdo, so I can buy it coming from him. I'm wondering if they're going to use this opportunity to beef up the localized script in the remake. Going over the trailer, we've got usual Persona remake stuff like new areas to visit in downtime, new characters to talk to for confidants. One interesting difference, though, in the gameplay is that the palaces seem to have changed a bit. Now we've got Joker swinging around on that grappling hook of his. Way to flex that insider information and in making his smash moveset, Sakurai. We also get new special attacks, or combination attacks, or something. I think the combination attacks in Persona 4 Golden were too impractical and not really worth the setup, so I'm hoping they do better with these. On the bright side, looks like Futaba gets her own all-out attack animation this time. That was a minor complaint I had with the original game, so I'm glad they're giving her a little something there. In the Persona games, confidants, or social links, are patterned after the major arcana in tarot, and when they have too many, they just resort to alternate deck equivalents. Commonly, they use the Aeon arcana, which is an alternate version of Judgment, this time we have an alternate magician referred to as advisor, at least in the translated release notes. I'm not really sure what they'll call it once the game comes out. It comes to us in the form of a school counselor. 
The first villain in Persona 5 is that gym teacher who beats his male students and propositions his female students. And it's said that this guy is hired to counsel the students after that teacher leaves the picture. Much like with the Aether Foundation in Pokemon, the, the entire, entire internet, internet has turned against this man right out of the gate. Everyone is convinced that he's a secret villain. I think there is definitely more to him than meets the eye, but I'm not going to go as far as to call him one of our villains. At least not yet. But that's mainly because I just don't want another non-surprise villain. Everyone was proven right about the Aether Foundation. It was a surprise to nobody, and I just felt so bad that our cynicism and skepticism won out that day. The school is dangerously ambivalent, though. They allowed Kamashida to have a job and mess with all the students, and they didn't care about Kaneshiro plaguing their students with Yakuza debts and stuff. Because... The whole time, inaction is a lot less messy than action, one of the big problems with society in Persona 5. So from that angle, I guess I can see why people would distrust a person that the school hired. There are also some action clips and some weird screenshots that really blur the lines for everything. One picture shows us Futaba with her mom again, who's supposed to be dead. We also see a human boy who speaks very similarly to Morgana, not to mention pictures of Kasumi as a phantom thief, which pinpoints when she joins the party, but also makes it a lot harder to figure out what's going on later on in the game, since there isn't a lot of room for new elements to be added, as I keep saying. We're really going to need some retcons to figure this one out. Anyway, let's talk about her a bit more. Kasumi Yoshizawa, the new character, the new student. She has a belief that people should solve problems on their own. Either as a result of this or as a mere aside, she does not support the Phantom Thieves. Doesn't really stop her from joining them, though. They can't pull the same thing they did with the Ketchy twice, though, so I have to wonder how they're going to play with this. Allegedly, she has her own mysterious reasons for joining them, and isn't really attached to their overall goal of undistorting the wicked adults. So, she's playing her own game, and I guess we're just going to have to see what's going on. She's mysterious, somewhat antagonistic, fond of Joker's civilian identity, and an accomplished rhythmic gymnast. So, already people are thinking of her as kind of a Mary Sue character, the second coming of Marie from Persona 4 Golden. I'm not on board with Kasumi yet, but I would like to point out that An is a quarter-foreign supermodel, Makoto is the student council president and sibling to the prosecutor who plays a big role in later parts of the game, Haru is the daughter-turned-heir of an international food empire, Yusuke was raised with and trained by a renowned artist who is known all over the country, Fan-favorite character Hifumi is also well-renowned. She's a shogi player who's made several magazine appearances. Kasumi is hardly the first character to be really talented or privileged and enter Joker's life, so I'm not going to hold her gymnast career against her. Granted, there are other reasons to be turned off by her. 
mainly stemming from the fact that she's going to be inserted into the Phantom Thief dynamic, whether we like it or not. And I'll agree with that. I'm not fond of the idea. She might grow on me, but who really knows? Fun fact, in the original game, I had to get used to Haru joining the team, because I was too used to everyone without her. I just really hope that she doesn't end up like Marie. The deck is already stacked against Kasumi, but it could be mitigated. And I like to think I have an open mind. Maybe they'll end up making her real cool. Or she'll be Marie again. I'm sorry, but I've got a bit of a vent tangent brewing. I really, really don't care for Marie at all. It's bad enough she wedged herself into the investigation team's dynamic, but she never really felt like she belonged in the Persona 4 world. She really felt like a different character got trapped in this game by mistake. In another game, she'd probably work fine, but in Persona 4, she just really doesn't work. Her design, her attitude, her cheesy poems, the convoluted backstory they gave her to make sure she fit into the story, none of this is helped by the fact that her own dungeon is actually pretty annoying to deal with. And then there's how they keep including her in all the spin-offs that come afterward, the Q games, the dancing games, and Ultimax. They, they made a second Persona 4 anime based off the new events in Golden, and they gave Marie a big role in that. Enough with Marie already. I think her actress in Japanese is actually a popular singer or something along those lines, so that might be a little bit to do with it, but I, I just don't want to see her anymore. I really don't like calling characters Mary Sues, because that term has been lazily warped into a catch-all for any female character that an audience member doesn't like. It's brainless, kind of sexist even, sometimes. But going back to the original, most common connotation of the word, brand new character inserted among an established cast, every sympathetic character approves of them and empathizes with them, then either nothing goes wrong for them, or something really big goes wrong for them and everyone is expected to care. All of this applies to Marie. She very strongly comes across, to me, as a bad fanfiction character. Her name, Marie, for crying out loud, it's even similar to Mary. Ugh. So, yeah, that's the worst case scenario for Kasumi. And I'll be honest, it's hard for me to see them avoid it. I won't say it's impossible, though. I'm going to be keeping an eye on this game, just like with Scramble, but I don't have a lot of hope for it. I don't think it's going to suck, but I think that a lot of the new details are either going to be very divisive or cool yet not needed. And Atlas has a spotty record with the Persona games outside of the mainline entries. So I guess the bottom line today is that Scramble is intriguing, but an enigma, and Royal is inevitable and questionable. That's not even getting to the anime. I've got to wonder if they're going to make a Royal anime, just like they did with a Golden anime. I hope not, because not only would that not really add a lot, but the first Persona 5 anime left a lot to be desired too, especially visually. I can't help but think that they'd devote the whole show to Kasumi, either. 
just like the golden anime did to Marie. She's she's in Marie's shadow, this Kasumi. I, I almost feel bad for her, but it's the last time they did something like this, and not a great first impression. I wasn't around in the Persona fan base back in the early days of it being a niche series, but to think that it's got all these spin-offs that are just expected now. Oh yeah, new Persona game? Okay, let's see what they do for the fighting, dancing, and Itrian crossovers. Now a Warriors game on top of all of that? And since I never talked about it on the show, I gotta gush over Joker's portrayal in Ultimate real fast. Sakurai's admitted to enjoying Persona 5, and it shows. All the style is still there. Massive shout-out to Joker's victory screen. They flat-out replace a traditional Smash Brothers victory with a reenactment of a Persona 5 victory. The announcer doesn't even get to talk. We just get the thieves making comments like always. So sadly, we don't get to hear Xander Mobus announcing his own character's victory. Anyway, yeah, Persona has really come a long way. Getting included in Smash Brothers is no small feat. Sakurai loved the game, admittedly, but the fact that it was one of the things that Nintendo allotted for Sakurai to choose from for DLC shows just how big Persona 5 is. And all these spin-offs aren't just a sign of it, but part of the process. Persona is going to keep getting bigger and bigger. 5 already sold better than 4, which, at least in the West, sold better than 3. Note that with the arena games, Golden and everything Persona 5, they've dropped the Shin Megami Tensei super title from the game's boxes. It's considered its own series now. Persona doesn't need to be listed as part of Shin Megami Tensei anymore. For better or worse, Persona has hit the big time, and while I'm not too sure what I think of Scramble and Royal, I really hope to be pleasantly surprised. Someday I'm going to talk about those games proper, and you'll be able to know about it by keeping up with the BitCast on Twitter. You can also subscribe to the show on Podcast One's website and mobile app, and you can also find the show on iTunes, so tell all your Persona-playing friends. But until then... I'll see you on the next one. Listen to Bidcast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.